Great. So now when you get into those qualifications, are there any particular criteria that the veteran needs uh, to be able to receive those benefits for themselves and their family? I want everyone to understand we're talking about uh, DEA Chapter 35, uh, specifically on this benefit, uh, the veteran, okay, the veteran needs to be 100% permanent and total, okay? The veteran needs to be qualified as 100% permanent and total to receive Chapter 35 benefits, all right? And uh, it's very important that we talk about that because, uh, you, you again, everyone thinks uh, when you get out of service, there's all these an ancillary benefits, which they are, but they're still criteria-based, right? Um, so uh, Chapter 35, you must be 100% permanent and total, and it's going to be uh, a beneficiary to the spouse or uh, the dependent, okay? And when I mean dependent, it could be children and even or parent, right? Because they're Hello and welcome to the Prepare to Compete podcast. We talk all things VA disability benefits, real estate, entrepreneurship, and more. Kenneth Davis, how you feeling today, my brother? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored. Just uh, ready to educate some veterans and uh, make sure that we get the information out here. Man, a lot of education yes. going on today, man. This is actually part two yes, where we're actually breaking down the Chapter 35 benefits and really kind of getting in the weeds with you guys and really letting you know what that check is actually going to look like when they send it to you uh, and just looking at that compensation for utilizing that Chapter 35 benefits. All right, so what I really want to unpack right now, man, is just really just the differences. It seems like the rollout this year with the benefits are a little bit different than how it was rolled out last year. So I want to kind of let the people know, give them an overview of how the COLA benefits are working this year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, typically when we're talking about the cost of living adjustments, right, uh, we've stated this before in many videos, right, the, the, uh, the CPI index makes that determination in regards to what are the cost of living adjustments. And we're not going to get into all of that, right? Well, we're mainly going to talk about the adjustments. Uh, all it is is saying how inflation reflects your adjustment. Okay. So uh, in explanation, um, I want to go ahead and make sure that they understand that when we're talking about the rollout of benefits, there's been a lot of uh, misnomers out here or uh, uh, communication and say, hey, we, we suspect it to be this. We suspect it to be that. It's based upon their own knowledge. No one really knows until obviously till fourth quarter, end of the year, typically around end of October, September timeframe, when officially the cost of living adjustment is uh, increased in regards to uh, service-connectable disability benefits, right? But when we're talking about uh, some of the educational benefits, such as uh, uh, VOC Rehab or Veteran Readiness Employment Program, VRNE, right, uh, Chapter 31, that is something that's already out. So they put that out just recently here. With that increase, it's a 6.2% um, increase in subsidiary benefits. Okay. So when we're talking about, uh, VRNE, and again, I'm used to calling it Volk Rehab, they change, they kind of change yeah, right. the name, right? That has increased to 6.2%. So this year, again, they have, again, provided us information in regards to chapter 31. They provide us information in chapter 35. And again, guess what's going to be coming next? Information of the, uh, obviously, overall cost of living adjustment. So again, stay tuned. 
All right, for sure. So right now we know the chapter 31, chapter 35, what we don't have the exact number on right mm -hmm. now is that VA disability benefit check. You know, if you're 100% about $4,000 a month, so how that's increasing, we don't have the exact number for that just yet. Yeah, yeah. When we're talking about the disability increases or based on what whatever percentage you are, right? Uh, just to kind of make it simple for easy number, uh, easy math sake, right? So for every $1,000, uh, 6.2%, that's about, again, $62, right? Uh, just for simple math sake. So, um, so when we're talking about that, uh, we're going to apply that same logic to the chapter 31 and chapter 35 benefits, right? So, uh, but again, when we're talking about that, that's going to come towards the end of the year when we talk about overall disability benefits. Got it, got it. So stay tuned for the next episode. We can yeah. actually break down the VA compensation increase once oh, yeah. we get that official number. Oh yeah, most definitely. We'll definitely go over through the full from front to back, okay? So what we want to talk about now is, I guess, one of the first questions is how is that uh, 6.2 increase for the uh, COLA DA benefit, is how is that going to financially impact our veterans? Typically, right now, uh, there is a obviously a tuition benefit that is offered, right, as cover, but also a subsidiary pay that goes out as well. So again, when we're talking about the breakdown, as I mentioned before, when we talk about 6.2%, every $1,000, let's, let's tack on another uh, let's talk that tack on another uh, $62. So currently you are distributed this uh, monies, these monies, right? Rather than for the GI bill, the GI bill, you are actually, it is sent straight to the school where DEA is a little different. It's going to be sent to the beneficiary, right? So with that 6.2%, it is increased, but it's only based upon um, certain areas. So again, you have to obviously be going, uh, go to school, right? In school. Uh, when I talk about school, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, post-secondary schools, uh, uh, secondary, uh, secondary education, talk about college, trade schools, or even on the job training. Okay. Uh, but there's, again, it, 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 they have their own kind of, um, how should I say, uh, qualification system in regards to what qualifies, who, who is, uh, qualified as a school, right? But uh, with that, again, it's going to go ahead and increase that dollar amount and what they receive every single month. OK, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Great. So now when you get into those qualifications, are there any particular criteria that the veteran needs uh, to be able to receive those benefits for themselves and their family? I want everyone to understand we're talking about uh, DEA Chapter 35, uh, specifically on this benefit, uh, the veteran, OK, the veteran needs to be 100% permanent in total, okay? The veteran needs to be qualified as 100% permanent in total to receive Chapter 35 benefits, all right? And uh, it's very important that we talk about that because, uh, you, you again, everyone thinks uh, when you get out of service, there's all these an ancillary benefits, which they are, but they're still criteria-based, right? Um, so uh, Chapter 35, you must be 100% permanent in total, and it's going to be uh, a beneficiary to the spouse or uh, the dependent, okay? And when I mean dependent, it could be children and even or parent, right? Because there's dependency, right? So uh, this is a benefit that is, again, offered to them. Absolutely. Great, great. 
So yeah, man, that's definitely a good benefit, especially right now with the way the economy is going, and yeah. so many people need to really recertify and you know go into different career fields and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, great for uh, the veterans and their family that they're actually able to receive this benefit. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure you know, obviously, Ben, have an education background. You know, um, uh, this is a time right to. Uh, just uh, get a, lo- a lot more qualifications under your belt. So again, so the economy won't be so impactful to you and your family, right? So absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, my background pretty much is you know working with a lot of nurses and things, and you know during that COVID time, man, they were making seventy, eighty dollars an hour. They weren't trying to go back to school to get that <laughs> bachelor's degree. They didn't really have to. So now I'm actually seeing a a strong uptick in nurses wanting okay. to go back to school and especially uh, utilize that benefit for those who uh, qualify for that because it's an amazing opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to do so. Nice, nice. Absolutely. But yeah, so when we get into these uh, COLA increases, right? Mm-hmm. So now how often does the VA kind of reevaluate um, the cost of living adjustment for that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, basically, just how often do they kind of reevaluate the cost of living uh, adjustment for that COLA increase, and how is that really determined? Great question. So typically, it's on an annual basis. Um, obviously, um, the government recertifies. You know what is obviously inflation uh, needing to kind of delve through these numbers pretty much on a quarterly basis, right? So at the end of the year, they come to an average. So on an annual basis, this average, again, uh, is going to roll out to obviously be something called the CPI index. But with that, uh, this here, it is uh, determined based upon inflation. Okay, every single year on an annual basis, they recertify this to see, again, if an increase for cost of living needs to be uh, adjusted. You know, um, that's going to affect it's going to affect many benefits. It's going to affect. Um, Social Security benefits. It's going to affect food stamps, right? It's going to affect, obviously, veterans benefits, right? Um, It's going to affect pretty much all benefits because uh, the government understands that, again, inflation is impactful. Some of the smart guys go ahead and make sure that they make these determinations and send it out to us. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. That's great. I mean, definitely the way these gas prices are up, food prices and everything, Cost of living is skyrocketing, so we could obviously see there's a a strong need for that. And especially with this benefit, I'm seeing a lot of colleges and universities raise their cost of tuition. Yeah, and that's that's a huge that's a huge huge issue, Uh, because again, you know, obviously we have to be qualified as just a country, just in general, right? Um, How do we get into post uh, secondary education? How do how it's it's been very hard to uh, afford that, you know, but. Uh, you got a little bit more experience in, in that realm of things. So uh, just kind of understanding that with the cost of living adjustment, that also um, they're they're adjusting uh, to military standards as well. Right. Uh, because a lot of uh, again, colleges or trade schools uh, needs to increase their their enrollment. So with Absolutely. that, you know, um, they're, they're going to go based upon the adjustment that the VA provides Absolutely. or the, yeah, the, the, the benefit the VA provides. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what they usually try to do is they actually try to have special tuition numbers mm-hmm. for um, military members, right? So they have their own set tuition, especially for institutions that are like private schools because the tuition oh, can wow. get crazy on that. But um, but for those state institutions, I actually have a question for you. And just, I guess, even the private institutions as well. Uh, what happens if 
the COLA increase, right? And the amount that you're receiving on your monthly uh, stipend amount is going to be more than that tuition cost uh, for mm. attending uh, that college or university. What happens to that, those excess funds? That's a great question. So it's a case by case basis, right? Uh, we've had it where, again, we've had veterans uh, that actually go to a college, right? And now um, being retrained or, I'm sorry, a, a student uh, of the veteran or a child or beneficiary of the veteran goes to college. Um, there are some schools that will actually lower their cost of tuition to an in-state tuition if they're going out of state to satisfy the cost of the Chapter 35 so they can be able to receive uh, one in-state tuition now to be able to receive that benefit for that uh, beneficiary. Okay, so all in all, if you have a beneficiary who's receiving Chapter 35, they're going out of state. Most colleges or some colleges will lower the out-of-state tuition to in-state tuition to be able to have the cost covered by the Chapter 35 benefits. Absolutely. No, that's great. That's great. So so once the tuition and fees are covered, right? So what happens to that uh, excess amount? Are the uh, beneficiaries able to use that for their basic living expenses? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, these are uh, subsidiary. Uh, uh, so it's uh, it's direct deposit to you, you know, uh, to the beneficiary. So again, it is their responsibility. We all have children. Right. We all have children. Let's make sure we follow up. But um, uh, for those who don't, you know, um, but we always want to follow up, you know, with that, they need to make sure that they cover the cost. They'll cover the cost of tuition, any excess value of uh, funding or anything of that nature. Um, obviously, it's your benefit. You use it for food, gas, uh, basic living expenses, things of that nature. All right. Hopefully they don't burn it all in the club. We, we Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed there. Well, no, man, definitely. Thanks for providing us that information on yeah. Chapter 35. Definitely tune in for the next segment. We're actually breaking down the Chapter 31 benefits and how that COLA increase is kind of impacting us now.